0: Welcome to an All Saints Conversation. I'm Brock Bingaman, and with me is Connie Willems. We lead the All Saints Center for Theology, Spirituality, and Leadership here at Our Lord's Community Church. Like the All Saints courses, this podcast is an exploration of all things related to theology, spirituality, and leadership. Hi, Connie. (laughs) Hi there. What are we going to talk about today?
1: Today, we're going to kind of continue the idea of talking about what happens in, this is going to sound strange, but our inner landscapes as if there is a world inside of us. And we all know this, there's a world inside of our heads. We don't usually put it in that way, but we have a way of seeing and thinking and something going on inside of us. And people can be around us and not know what's happening inside of us in our inner world yeah
0: and the idea that somehow we participate with God in creating the landscape and all it's just mind-blowing so on that note I want to hear your story from last night that illustrates this
1: <laughs> so I had this I had this thing last night I probably woke up around four thirty in the morning which is In my world, at least, way too early to get up. (laughs) Some people do; I don't. Not for a time. Not, no. (laughs) So, but my mind started coming awake, and you know how it happens when you're in the middle of the night, and there's that small window where your mind is still groggy, and you can go back to sleep, and then your mind wakes up and starts doing its thing. Yes. And so I was thinking about things, and nothing important, and I wasn't like churning with worry or something, but my mind was just going, and I was like, I don't want to do this. Why am I thinking about websites and tasks and to-do lists at 4.30 in the morning? What's the point? And so You didn't call me. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't no. call me at 4.30. So, Next time. Yes. So I was like, I, I need to do something different, hmm. and so I decided to do something that... I often do when my mind needs to focus somewhere specific and maybe even somewhere useful that is not where I would go naturally Mm -hmm. and I probably started this I don't know seven eight years ago and I was just I just kind of meditate on who God is in a very really like almost kindergarten way by kind of walking through the alphabet And saying, okay, A, what can I name about God that starts with A? B, what can I name about him that starts with B? And so last night I just picked the middle of the alphabet and I said, L, what can I name about God that starts with L? Hmm. And these four things about him just popped into my mind that he is the lover of our souls and I forget which scripture passage that is but I know it's in the New Testament somewhere and that he is Lord and then there was an old-fashioned word for Lord its liege l-e-i-g-e I think is how it's spelled and then the last one was lowly and I just started cycling those words through my mind and thinking about Jesus as being Lord And what it means that he's a lover of my soul. I'm not even sure I'm a lover of my soul. I'm not sure that I like my soul that much. But Jesus loves my insides. Mm -hmm. And because we had been talking about the Jesus prayer, I found myself combining the Jesus prayer with these words.
0: And was that the first time that you had done something like this, like really focused on the Jesus prayer? Yeah,
1: Yeah. I think so. And um, so the Jesus prayer is very simply a prayer that people have used over centuries in order to focus their minds on Christ. And it's, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. And I caught myself praying, Lord Jesus Christ, lover of my soul, have mercy on me. Lord Jesus Christ, my Lord, have mercy on me. Lord Jesus Christ, you are lowly. Have mercy on me. And I realized that because Jesus is lowly, I can ask him for mercy because he's been here. He knows it. And so asking for mercy of someone who wasn't high and mighty and a snob mm-hmm. um, meant that I could get mercy. Yeah. And when I call Jesus my Lord or my liege, the old-fashioned word, there is a sense of I am surrendered to him. And so doing that with someone who's a, a dictator is dangerous because you're not going to get mercy, but a good Lord... He's going to take care of those who have surrendered to Him. So I was like, I can ask my Lord for mercy. And if He loves my soul, well, then of course He wants mercy for me. So it just opened up this these layers of things about God. And I was like, it's 4.30 in the morning, and I'm thinking about God. But what I found, and I didn't expect this, that as I... Very slowly was saying, "Lord Jesus Christ, Lover of my soul, have mercy on me, have mercy on my soul." I found my breathing slowing down. I found tension going out of my body. And there was just a quietness that came in.
0: Mm-hmm. So prayer can be very therapeutic as well, can't it? So melatonin's released, and <laughs> you're back. Asleep, I think what we're talking about is a very human experience, whether you have sleeping problems or not. I don't sleep well at all, so this is something that I've dwelt on.
1: Do you use something like that? Oh,
0: yeah, I have. We, we were talking previously about internal liturgies, mm-hmm. and so I think this is tying into that, is we have constructive internal liturgies and then some that aren't constructive,
1: Okay, so the idea of an internal liturgy, we probably need to camp there a little bit.
0: And I just want to say, too, the whole A through Z mm. made me think as you were sharing that, David in Psalm 119 does that. Mm. And so the longest psalm that we have in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, he took Aleph, he wor- worked through the entire Hebrew alphabet, saying, the A through Z, the wonderful things about the Lord's law, the Lord's scriptures and Mm. these kinds of, so you're doing that. I think there's precedent for that.
1: That's interesting. He talks a lot about being awake in the watches of the night and thinking and meditating on God. So I'm wondering, did he ever cycle through the alphabet at night?
0: I bet he did. I know this would be for a memory device so that you could work through it, but why not? He speaks many times about sleepless nights. So I think this is what it means to be human. Our minds are typically buzzing and going all the time. So we're faced with that choice like we talked about in the last podcast. Where's our mind going? Yeah. What What is the internal liturgy that we're choosing? Where Are we moving uh, in a positive direction or are we on that hamster wheel that you referenced?
1: I kind of feel like my brain gets on a hamster wheel and it just kind of churns away. And I really have to have something specific to focus on, which is why the alphabet helps me mm-hmm. because it gives me a point to keep coming back to when my brain starts wandering off. And it did last night in the middle of this. And it's almost like I feel like I grab my brain by the, by the, the nape of the neck <laughs> and I drag it back over and go, no, L, okay, M. And I really need something specific to do. Mm-hmm. Because just saying, oh, think about God, would do me no good Yeah, that at lasts all.
0: about two seconds. <laughs> so what you're suggesting, this requires some, some training and preparation. Because most of us can't just pull up names of God or scriptures or things like that. You have to arm yourself. You have to have... Uh, the quiver full of arrows, which we're going to talk about arrow prayers in, in a moment. So you, there's some prep work. What have you done so that you could flesh out an alphabet like you that? know,
1: Actually, the first time I did this, I was headed out for a walk. And this was many years ago. And I was, in, I was churning over something that I was really worried about. And I knew that if I didn't give my brain something else to do, I was just going to keep cycling over this thing, and I was going to end up in a worse place mm. by just letting my brain go and do whatever it wanted to. It wasn't, I wasn't going to produce anything useful by continuing to churn and worry about this. And so I thought, I need something else to think about, or I'm going to go to this bad place that's going to harm me. And I don't know where the idea came from, but I thought, I wonder if I could name... Three things about God for each letter of the alphabet, and I thought, I don't know if I can, never tried, never done it before, and maybe it'll be boring, maybe I won't like it, but it'll at least give me something to think about that's not going to do me harm. Hmm. So I was like, A, hey, um, awesome, <laughs> <laughs> Abba, uh, <laughs> anxiety, <laughs> yeah. no, that's no, not, that's the not right God, A. Yeah. uh, and and so then I would go through like B, let's see, B, what, uh, and my brain would suggest words and be like, no, that's not about God. And I was like, oh, beautiful. Okay, that works. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and so I made my way through the alphabet and I was surprised mm. that it prompted me to think things. Yeah. So it became just a little bit of a puzzle, but it was intriguing enough that when I got back from the walk, um... I started an actual list on paper. Mm. And these days I have a computer file. And it's just these, it's an alphabetical file of things I've discovered about God. And every time he shows me something new, I open up this file and I add in the new thing. Mm. And so by now, eight years later, I have a fairly long file. Now that doesn't mean that it's 4:30 in the morning I know what L is and so after last night those L words popped in and I went I'm not even sure they're on my list I need to go see if lowly is on there and sometimes when I'm adding something to it I'll even go and do a real short scripture study so I can add some references to it
0: so you need to provide these materials at some point this could be a really good little mm packet of something where you could share the list that you've got and encourage and, and instruct people on how to go about doing this because it really is a incentive for meditation and we're back to the importance of th- we, we are meditating creatures we do meditate it's a matter of what do we meditate on
1: what are we gonna choose to meditate on I have to add this Yes. so I'm making this list of the characteristics of God and at one point I was maybe months into using it and doing it. God kind of whispered. He said to me, if you're making a list of who I am, I want to make a list of who you are. And so you need a list of what I think about you. And so there is a file on my computer that has God's names for Connie. And when he gives me something new, I go in and I add it. And at that's first correct. I was like, oh, I can't do that, that's, yeah. that's too, I don't know, it was just easier to do the me toward God, but to receive him doing that for mm-hmm. me was pretty startling.
0: So if we talk about theology, is reflection on God in the presence of God, that can lead to other things. You can do theological anthropology. Okay, so, you're going to have so listen, to sort that so, out. Theological anthropology is reflection on who I am in God in the presence of God. my identity in Christ, Christ in me. so again we're showing now some people might hear theological anthropology ding 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 tilt but it, it's it's beautiful and it's practical so we reflect on God and then God turns it on us and says now I want you to reflect on, who I am making you, who I'm calling yeah. you to be. And so we're doing this idea, this study of what it means to be a human being in Christ, wow. in the presence of God. So God is after our hearts and minds.
1: He is after us. And I. It, it sounds a little bit winsome when I say it and a little bit intimidating when I think of it as theological anthropology. But the reality is when God kind of broke in and did that with me, mm-hmm it was intimidating. There is something about when God wants to come close like that, Mm -hmm. even though we think we want it, Mm -hmm. it is really easy to go, no that's too close. Let's talk about you, (laughs) not me. Not me. not me. Partially because I don't want to make things up. I don't want to say, oh well this is what I think about me and I'm going to put God's words onto it. Mm -hmm. But even aside from that, there's this weird thing that happens with us where God wants to say something to us and it's almost too good for us to hear Mm. if he wanted to correct us or rebuke us or convict us we're open to hearing that we're Mm. open to hearing direction Mm. but to hear him want to call out who I am in a very positive way that can be really intimidatingly personal and affectionate
0: that's right and unfortunately we resist that sometimes I where you're talking about uh, you use this phrase pivot points so you were using some pivot points some some ways to transition from one thinking to another I want to talk briefly about arrow prayers I referenced it because Jesus the Jesus prayer is the arrow prayer of all arrow prayers So if I'm awake at 4.30, this is the place I go.
1: So when you say arrow prayer, you mean like a bow and arrow?
0: Yes, Okay. a bow and arrow. It's interesting, though, when I think about it, the word arrow has multiple meanings. The first one is that these are small, brief fragments from Scripture, and you have them ready to go in the quiver on your back at all times. So these are little pieces of scripture that you can pray regularly in some sense though it's like a compass arrow as well it it takes me to my true north and mm. it leads me it turns my face to the face of god so arrow prayers are huge so 3 4 30 a.m my mind is going places i would pray lord jesus christ son of god have mercy on me but then there are other ones that I've learned. Psalm 70 verse 1 is a very famous arrow prayer from the desert tradition. So the desert fathers and mothers would use Psalm 70 verse 1. It's basically, come quickly to deliver me, Lord. Hmm. Come quickly to help me. Hmm. And so John Cashin, one of my favorite desert fathers, that is uh, the prayer that he prays. It's on every other page. He's constantly praying, even while he's writing these things out, Lord, come quickly to deliver me. Lord, come quickly to help me.
1: So if I were to read what he'd written, I would see those prayers embedded in there?
0: Psalm 70, Hmm. verse 1, shows up in many of his writings, like a thread that runs through them. So I thought, if it's good enough for John Cashin, I'm going to start praying that. It was a little difficult at first, because I thought, what's the big deal? You're asking the Lord to help you, to deliver you. But I found, like the Jesus prayer, There's something to it. You're calling for the Lord to help you in that moment. Powerful, powerful prayer.
1: And I notice that you're not just calling for the Lord to come and help you, but you're saying, come quickly.
0: Yes. Hasten. I mean, different uh, nuances in the wording there, but it can... And you're calling to God in one. uh, You know, oh God, hasten to deliver me. Mm. Oh Lord, um, come quickly or hasten to help me. So there's different ways of phrasing it. So you could be calling out to Christ and you could be calling out to Abba Father to to help you. So
1: now this powerful might sound like the kind of prayer that you pray in a desperate situation, but I can see praying that in an everyday situation.
0: Oh yeah. You're at work. You're getting to get you're getting ready to give a presentation and you are terrified. You're nervous. So why wouldn't that be an arrow prayer that you would pull out of the quiver and paraphrase it? Lord, help me. Mm. Help me now. Help me. Help help my thinking be clear. Help my speech be clear. I've worked on this, but I need you to help me now. Give me favor with my colleagues here. So it's, it's very, very useful.
1: It's interesting to think of the arrow prayer not just being the thing you pull out of your quiver, but the arrow on a compass that shifts your point of view. Because going back to that scenario, if I'm doing a presentation, my point of view is probably on me and how I'm going to mess up and fail. That's right. But the arrow prayer shifts me to a different direction. I
0: can do this, and I'm calling on the Lord's help now. So it's a prayer like the Jesus prayer, and it could be a celebratory Psalm 70 verse 1, Lord, thank you for delivering me.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I look back on my life, and it may be one of those days I need to recount, thank you for delivering me from this, and thank you for helping me. I thank you that you're going to help me today. Mm -hmm. Again, this is a beautiful prayer for those who struggle with addiction or other things. Lord, you're my helper. You're my deliverer. So it's got all kinds of meanings and applications. Another one. What were you going to say?
1: Well, I'm just—I don't know if this is the other one that you have in mind, but I'm remembering as you're saying this that you told me how a couple of weeks ago you led some young guys through finding some of these. Are yes. you going to tell us about?
0: I will. Yeah, I—I I was. Some of the youth in our church, we were talking about this, and many of them find reading the Bible challenging, like most of us. Whether you're 16 or 56, reading the Bible can be tough. So I introduced them to arrow prayers, and I urged them in their own reading the Bible to look for these kinds of pieces, these prayers, these moments that other people had with God that you could use and put them in your own quiver. And all of a sudden, they were saying, whoa, this makes it interesting. I'm not just cranking through sections of the Bible. I'm actually looking for these prayers that I could use tomorrow at school. Hmm. So I think it opens up new opportunities, new pathways, new vistas. So
1: tell me how I would look at a passage and pull the prayer out of it.
0: I think what I would even say before that is find places where there are, there's an abundance of arrow prayers. We've already referenced Psalm 119. It is chock full of arrow prayers. So, for example... Psalm 119.94, David prays, I am yours, save me. What a beautiful phrase. And then he goes on to say, I have sought your precepts. So you've got this belonging to God, you've got a call, an appeal for salvation, and you've got the Word of God in there. And so David's having a love affair with the Lord, but with Scripture as well. So I would urge people, spend time in the Psalms. Psalm 119 is just loaded with them. And so these young guys that I'm working with, they're looking at Psalm 119 now. But I think you could, uh, the gospels are Mm -hmm. full of arrow prayers. Look at how other people interacted with Jesus. How did they pray when they interacted with Jesus? What kinds of things were they asking about or for? What did Jesus say to people? And oftentimes his teaching is full of these kinds of arrow prayers.
1: Do you have an example? Well,
0: the Lord's Prayer, Mm. one of the most famous prayers to come out of the Gospels, it's um, to just ponder the notion, my Father, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. That's a couple of arrow prayers right there. So I think you can work through the Lord's Prayer with this idea, and rather than going through the entire thing, why not take a few phrases from the Lord's Prayer and turn them into these arrow prayers again whether you're eaten up with anxiety because of something going on in your life or a kid who's gone off the rails or you you can go to these places and begin to think constructively to pray constructively rather than being eaten up with anxiety so the Lord's Prayer is a great place
1: it's interesting that there are times we're eaten up by those places and it's not like we're saying yeah, run through a list of who God is or do these arrow prayers and if you say it all right, then that's going to do it. It's going to fix the anxiety and you're going to feel good. It's magic. Yeah, we're not saying that at all. No. This is just a way of shifting my mind.
0: And it puts you in contact with a person. Mm. So we've got an icon here next to us in this room and it's an icon, Rublev's famous icon of the trinity it puts you in contact with the holy trinity father son and holy spirit that's who we're appealing to and so it's not magic it's not like the words themselves the words themselves are drawing us into the presence of god and god dwells within us Jesus says he makes that clear in John 17. So So
1: that's turning that compass to a different place. Because if I'm looking at whatever it is, while being in the presence and communion of God, then things should look different. And if they don't, then I probably haven't fully apprehended how God is present in it. That's right.
0: Get your compass out scriptures. The other thing that we didn't mention is that arrow prayers um, are combative. So mm. it's a weapon. So if you think about what happened with Jesus in Matthew 4, Luke 4, and he's tempted by the enemy, he has arrow prayers mm. ready to, to go. He pulls out fragments from the Torah and fires back at the enemy. Wham! Like David's sling and it routes the enemy. So the Jesus prayer is one of those. If you're being attacked spiritually, anxiety, lust, unforgiveness, whatever it is, envy, uh, looking negatively at yourself, you're praying these prayers and it fires at those enemy thoughts.
1: It sounds like you have a quiver of these that you've used, so give me a couple more.
0: Oh, I'm I'm am desperate. So over mm-hmm. the years, thirty years of doing this, I have searched the scriptures and like your list of qualities of God, attributes of God. I've got quite a few arrow prayers. Um, another is Second um, Corinthians thirteen fourteen, which we've referenced, but before the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. So that would be an arrow prayer that I would pray at 2.30 in the morning and turn to the Lord. And it taught me how to pray the Trinity, to pray Mm. to the individual members of the Trinity who are one in love.
1: You know, it's interesting, as I'm listening, I'm realizing that I caught myself not just praying, but handing someone else an arrow prayer last week Mm. that was based on the picture of Jesus with the flock of sheep and how he leaves the 99 to go find the one. And sometimes I feel like I'm the one, Hmm. and I have come to use the prayer, Jesus, come find me. Shepherd, come find me. That's another. Come find me.
0: I'm stealing that one. That's that's beautiful. (laughs) And what happens when you pray that?
1: It puts me in a position to be found. What do you mean? Because sometimes my heart has to want to be found and not want to be off and away. So it says, come find me. But it also, there's an acknowledgement in it that I can't get back. I need to be found. Come find me. Mm -hmm. I am a helpless sheep. I'm out here on this ledge. Come find me. I can't do it.
0: And that's the essence of worship. It really is prayer and worship is not here I am and I've got all these things to give you and bring to you. It's help me, find me. And that's, that's beautiful. Imagine mm-hmm. God hearing these kinds of prayers. God is ready to find us, to rescue us. Another one, and then it looks like we're ending our, our podcast here. Um, another one is from Second Corinthians 4.6. And it's where Paul talks about the glory of God in the face of Jesus. And so in moments where something else is enticing me, again, lust, anger, whatever it might be, I will say, Lord, I want to see the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Help me right now to see that, and both within and without. So I'm descending with my mind into my heart looking for the glory of God in the face of Jesus who dwells within me, but I'm also thinking of it in transcendent terms, that on the throne mm-hmm. is Jesus. And so I'm, I'm seeing the glory of God in my, my mind's eye radiating from,
1: from his face. Would, would you just pray that for us? Yeah. As we let's, close this?
0: Let's pray that. So, Lord, I thank you that you are in our sleepless nights, You are in the anxiety of our days. You're in our conversations as Connie and I sit here and reflect on who you are in your presence. And so we ask you to teach us, Lord. Those who are listening to this podcast, would you teach us through the Holy Spirit about prayer, interacting with you, searching the scriptures for arrow prayers and other ways, pivot points to turn to you, And Lord, we really need your help. We look to you and your strength and your power. We depend on you. We ask for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit to go with us. So thank you, Connie, and thank you for listening. You've been listening to another All Saints conversation with me, Brock, and... And I'm Connie Connie. Willems. If you would like to find out more about All Saints, you can visit our new website at allsaints.center.
1: And we look forward to seeing you there.
0: Yes. Thank you.